Welcome to Four Opinions. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or board of directors of KMOJ. Are you ready to have some real convo? Get down to it and talk about real topics? I mean, opinions are like, tune into our live podcast talk show, The Four Opinions, every Saturday at 8 a.m. on 89.9 KMOJ with your host, on-air personality, creator and CEO, Tiffany Love, featuring the legendary Walter Q. Bear Banks with empowerment life coach, L.R. Wilson, Mr. Thomas Berry, and Tamiko Charmaine, a.k.a. The Fabulous One. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Okay. Okay, Q-Bear, I think you be getting the music for yourself in the morning. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course uh-huh. he does. Uh, he does, you know. Good morning, good morning, Q-Bear. Good morning, good morning, good everybody. Morning. Thomas Berry, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Berry. What's going on, what's going on? You won't? A little bit. Oh, okay, well, you need some coffee. All right, <laughs> y'all, welcome to the Four Opinions. Uh, take down this number, 612-377-3456. We got a very, very good topic today. Um, we got two special guests. How you guys are doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. I've been saying Dr. O, so I'm going to just keep it like that. Dr. O, the educator of the Northside JJ Legacy Charter School. Welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. And we got Akil, Miss Akil. Yes. Akil, I got it right. I wrote it down. And then she's the educator of a charter school over in South Minneapolis. Um, thank you guys for coming. I know it's super early, but, you know, it's it's that time. So I've been, you know, we go back and forth. We always talk, like, you know, the four opinions. Um, it's always got topics that, you know, we try to help the community just by offering our own um, insight about different things. And I was just uh, sitting around probably last week, you know, and I know Thomas is in worked in the school system as well. And I thought about um, the journey that I went on when I had a a family member attending schools. And I know we always talk about when we get together as a community, we always talk about, well, you know, it's the kids. And then we went from the kids to knowing that it was the parents um, as far as like behavior and all that stuff. And we wanted to like I thought it would be a good idea because even though we can try to pinpoint some of the things that goes on in schools like. I would love to hear the people that's actually in the schools with the kids. You know what I mean? Because we always got the people outside looking in, having their own opinion about something. And then I'm like, okay, you guys work with the kids. You already know what goes on with the kids. And even if we can't get, so it's immediately the teacher, the parent, the family. You know, who else in the households um, that can help, you know, have the kids have a successful year in 2024, which is coming up. Summer is like speeding past us. So, if you guys could let us know a little bit about what you do um, and just share some of the experiences. And then we also have the callers call in to see. And if you, you can call in to ask what you think that you can do to help, you know, help the kids this year. So anyone can go first. popping. So my name is Mr. Kill and I have 10 years plus experience in uh, education mm-hmm. and literally um, after leaving corporate America, I started at the bottom, you know, to kind of make sense of it all. Uh, let's see. I've literally been everything from a special education para to bus aide to right. lunch associate, um, co-teacher, uh, academic specialist, interventionist, uh, lead teacher um, of first grade, uh, a lead for the first for kindergarten through first grade and second grade team. And then also I was an instructional coach for the K through two team. And now I am a Dean of students. Oh, and so I've traveled (laughs) um, around the world. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to have a, a clear lens on what education can look like. Right. And so I've taught in California. I've taught on the South side of Chicago (laughs) <laughs> and um, I've also taught in Minneapolis, um, especially on the north side, right? Um, which is really at the heart of like a lot of why I do the work that I'm doing. 
And so I come with a wealth of knowledge. And um, I love education. I knew that early on I would be a teacher. Right. And um, I come from a long line of educators. And so I'm doing exactly what I am designed um, to do and what I'm here to do. So mm. that's a little bit about me. Okay. Nice, nice. Wow, awesome. I feel like we should clap for that. Hey. They should like all Thank of you. them. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I like the sound of Dr. O. Uh, I'm going to give my uh, real name for a hot second. So it's Olu Timmy Lehan Olu Sanya. Um, I've been in education now <laughs> almost for nine years. It doesn't seem like it. Like I started and I blinked. <laughs> um, I took the, the non-traditional route. So first off, uh, right now I am at the legacy of Dr. Josie R. Johnson Montessori uh, on the north side, um, but we call it JJ Legacy. Um, I actually moved to Minnesota in 2010, um, graduated from Troy University in Alabama, and I was a soldier before then. Okay. So I had zero clue <laughs> that okay. I was going to be in the classroom okay. someday. Um, I liked education. Um, I, I liked school when I was going through it myself. Um, I lived all over the world. So I lived in Nigeria. We lived in Germany for a little while, England. Um, and then I yeah, spent most of my formative years in the States. And when I got here. Um, wait, wait, hold on. You got to tell me you was born in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. I'm I, 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 I throw that in there. <laughs> born, born in Minnesota, but raised in the South. So there's a different lens that I come from. Oh, I like it. I like um, it. I actually started um, at a school not that far from this building. Right. Uh, it'll be the one school that I won't name, um, but <laughs> uh, I started there as uh, EA. And um, uh, on that hall, there were a lot of black men, but I noticed at that particular learning institution that most of the staff was black and all the teachers, majority of them, 90% were white and white female. I did not like that dynamic at all. Um, in fact, the teacher that I work with, she was the lead teacher, I was the um, EA. I'll mention her name. Uh, it was Miss Anne Marie White. I'll never forget her. Um, she was extremely irritating. Uh, I had <laughs> a classroom of all black boys, and it didn't take long for them to go, we don't know what she's talking about. What's the deal, Mr. O? And working with her motivated me to become a teacher. Right, okay. Yeah, I was like, if, if this is what it's supposed to look like, then I know it ain't supposed to look like this. Right. So... Mr. Barry worked with me at that same learning institution. A lot of us have come through that particular learning institu- institution. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I went to St. Paul. Um, I worked out there. I did PE. Um, and then when I got a JJ Legacy, um, our head of schools, um, Tanisha Abdul Salam, in my interview said, You are a lead teacher. And I was like, Nah. I'm a PE teacher. I love PE. I love what physical education brings, the military background, college football, the whole nine. And she was like, no, black man, you're a lead teacher. Right. Absolutely. She said, before this school year's out, you're going to take over a classroom. Mm-hmm. And as sure as I'm sitting here, and the skin on my bottom is brown, I was the lead <laughs> guy. Skin on my bottom. Right. <laughs> um, I was the lead guy by the middle of that year. And it has been such one of the greatest journeys of my life. It was, it's, my, it's been my passion since I've been involved in it. And um, to be able to mold young minds and bring all the weight that I have to bear as a black man to the classroom has been like my life story has been fun. It ain't been easy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's been fun. I know that uh, that's my purpose. Yeah, and I was thinking about that because I definitely want to tap into the black man being a, uh, how important it is to be an educator. But I was also thinking like we could start off with. My my main thing, like I said, when I was visiting the school, I used to leave every day and go check it out because I'm like, something is wrong with this. Mm-hmm. When I walked into the school, I would see the kids, and it was like, instead of looking like from the vision that I saw when I was going to school, I was like, this is like a mental health a psych ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so out of control, kids running around. <clears throat> and my thing was that I know that we have a lot of things for the kids that's coming up, like fifth grade, you know, sixth grade, they start out. But this was like kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That it was so out of control. I remember going into the school and I was just like noticing the behavior of the students and they had no idea of how to like de-escalate or, you know, or get everything together to to get something so they could learn. I'm like, how are they learning? Like I was sitting there and they would not learn anything. So, you know, I know you guys have seen that since you've been in the school. Like how does that make you like feel? And, and I know it could be like overwhelming and... Yeah. I'll speak to this. Okay. Uh, and like O and Mr. Barry, 
we all came through, I call it the hub. Mm-hmm. If you black, <laughs> you start at the hub. We all know what the hub is. We will not say where that's located, but it's not too far from here. Right. And um, he's absolutely right. You see a lot of support staff and um, additional components, people who support teachers, and they're all indigenous people, our people, African-American people. And then you see um, the woman who is mostly, in most times, in 99.9% of the time, Caucasian. Mm -hmm. We are in a very urgent but critical time. If you look at the statistics, a lot of our students in Minneapolis cannot read. And that affects the behavior, the environment, (laughs) and the culture. So that's some of what you saw. It's like we are in need of systems that make sense, that are culturally responsive for us, ran by us, that are not centered around whiteness. That is what I see or know to be true in Minnesota. We have a lot of systems that are centered around whiteness. And when you have those type of systems, then you see that type of behavior. Right. And it becomes this incentivized type of system where if you do this, I'm going to do that. And it starts very early. Yeah. And we can say the parents are this way, right? But if I know that this is what I like to do, I'm not even going to consider the parents because I know the black experience. Mm -hmm. Mom is at work. And, you know, dad is working or he may and may not be in the home. And there's a community of people in the family that are trying to help navigate the experience for this child. So what can I do with this eight hours of time that I have with this student without holding judgment for this particular family? And we have some successful teachers that do this um, because we'll see that student grow a lot. very social emotionally um also to mentally physically and also in their education and excuse me educational journey but often we are experiencing this level it's i can't even describe it to you Mm -hmm. it's girl they think this is a, a sport Right. (laughs) That's how I felt when I went in. I was like looking at it like, "Mm, okay. It's who I can, who can train this child to be this way? Because in their mind, what I see is that I have all the answers for how these group of people should live, should be educated. And they're all wrong. Mm -hmm. And they come up with something new every few years. We're in the science (laughs) of things right now. Why? Why the kids are are getting passed by while they're just trying to figure it out. (laughs) Why are we constantly picking systems that we do not have sufficient data on. And I mean, like, (laughs) the newest thing is no kids are being suspended. But how about the mental health of the teacher? We have to really, it's it's so many different components um, that I think that play a part in our students' um, education, and we have no control over them. Um, We are almost like bystanders. Well, I mean, the main thing, um, that I would tell you, it's about money. And Absolutely. unfortunately, our community does not put money towards schools. We don't own homes. Um, if you own homes, your tax dollars from owning homes goes into the schools. We rent. People that own the homes in our communities, uh, they stay out in the suburbs, and the schools where they their children go to, they get the best education possible. And so you get charter. And when you get charter, what typically happens, somebody comes along, somebody gets a, um, so it's a, you know, the curriculum is based off of who's selling the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so when people don't fully understand, and in our community, let's be real, a lot of kids, as you were saying, can't read, but they got smartphones. A lot of kids <laughs> can't read, but they're on tablets. A lot of kids can't read, but they're, they don't go to, you know, the summertime, they ain't going to vacation Bible school. They don't even go to Sunday school. They don't go anywhere where they teach you how to do 
the particulars. Now, listen, I, you know, not, you know, as militant as, as I am, I have my issues with the church. Oh, I, I was just, people, oh, I was just but, about but, to but talk about that. I tell people that. all the time, though, the church is the reason why I can speak publicly. The church is how I know how to read. The church is the reason why I know how to sit in a classroom and behave away. You could talk about all the bad things that the church brings, but I could tell you my generation and those of us who did go to church and those of us who sat on those church buses, we weren't misbehaving on the school bus, wasn't misbehaving in the classroom. And that's the difference. It's a major disconnect. And as long as that disconnect continues and we play this this game of who's right, the kids will never get it right. And unfortunately, that's what's happening with these babies. And you're right. It is experimentation. And one last point about the school. I want to badmouth that school because I feel like a lot of great people I know work through there. But I, I was thinking about one young man who was on CNN. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. We used to call him the chosen one. Remember the chosen one? Yeah, I remember the chosen one. <laughs> and the chosen one was on CNN. And they, would, you know, they had this young man. And they were parading this young man around like he was making a way. Mm-hmm. And the reality was that young man couldn't read. That young man was not reading on level. And those are the problems that we have in our community. Nothing against Charter. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to look back 10, 15 years from now, and it's going to be worse than the crack epidemic. Right, because there's so many charters. I'm like, it's a charter school charter. And I remember us growing up, we just had that the main school that everybody go to. So and you were talking about the church, not to badmouth the church. It's like... When I go into dynamics or when I was committed to the church, I was like, okay, they had so many programs, and I get it. It's the church for the church. And then I also know that we had, like, the mothers of the church. We got older people. We had a lot of passionate people that wanted to do things and did not have opportunity to be placed within the church. I'm just talking about the church right now. Mm -hmm. And that was my main thing. I'm like, right in this community, if we say whatever schools it is, it's so many churches, right? Mm -hmm. There's not one person that could, like, dedicate 10 of their members to say, well, we're going to have reading for, because it, it's the, the the disconnect for me is like, okay, we want everybody to have a better life, and even though it's the church, and then we want, you know, the school, and then we know, because we can see the behaviors. You see the people that come to church. You see the people coming to the community, meeting the kids. And it's like, that's why I be questioning, like, is it really spirit-led? Because, it's like, I know God will be like, okay, let let's do a after school program even though you getting the grant money from whatever to do a grant of course everybody getting the, the grant money to create these after school programs which is not happening but then it's like okay so they're not doing their part so what part would be like okay let this let's do an after school reading program we know in the kids not read they, they come to the church they're not even going to school they're going to the church that was my biggest thing i used to i was so passionate about it. like i would get on air and be like uh Y'all need to send any mothers that y'all got sitting on that front row being mean to come and do a, <laughs> a, a a class with these kids and teach them how to read or something. You know, it, but it was like, no, so, the community is like not working together. So, so I have a question. So um, so we talk about the school. We talked about the church. Where's the parent sitting this? Because as a parent, um, you know if your kid can't read or not. And right. so when you say that somebody from the church, how about a parent get together? Parents get together and get kids together to read. How about you make sure that your children are reading? Um, when my children were in school, uh, my son stuttered with his reading. I made him read every single night, every single night. So part of that, you know, we like to, um, when kids can't read or write or do math, we like to always try to blame the school system. And I'm not saying the school system is perfect because I understand that. I didn't go to school here. All I had was black teachers, so. This this is not my fight. Um, although I, I'm not, this is not my fight because I would I would like to see more black teachers. Let me say that. Um, but um, when we were in school, one thing that they did, we used to have to read like 50 books a year. Yeah. Because one thing, if even if you couldn't count, you could read. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what we were saying. And so when we say the church, and I'm not going to talk about how good or bad the church is. What about parents? Like, I understand parents work, but at the end of the day, sit down with your kid and read. But right. Most, but some parents yeah. can't. Yeah. And, and that's the, what we were saying earlier. Some parents that. can't read. And then some the other can't. side of it is that it's not necessarily. Here's the thing. What, what most people got disconnects on. Simple arithmetic is no longer simple arithmetic under the curriculums that they're using. Mm-hmm. Parents can't even teach their kids the math because it's a whole nother system mm-hmm. that they have them writing down. You're no longer doing one plus one is two. They have a whole formula they want you to follow to write all the way down right. to get to that answer, right? Mm-hmm. Second thing, you notice, 
Send curriculum home. Remember this over the over yep. the winter break. Reading assignment slash algebra. The assignment goes. Terrell's dad gets caught with a nine millimeter. How much jail time does Terrell dad gets? And no parents are complaining about this. Oh no, parents did complain. But the problem that you keep on, like we keep jumping over, a schools get paid to teach. Parents don't. Secondly, that went out over the winter break. So that happens while everybody's sitting at home. You can complain, but who's going to be in the school building to come back in? And the damage is already done. And part of the problem is that people are experimenting with the children. Absolutely. The parents, unfortunately, and the grandparents, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, are trying to live their second and third childhoods. So the kids can't get what they need. We don't want to really talk about the entirety of it all is that nobody's doing their part. The school's not doing their part because they get paid a handsome dollar to teach. As you guys know, most of these schools are supposed to be community schools. Am I right? So if it's a community school, it's supposed to be a partnership. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We can't blame the church because a lot of our people don't even belong to churches no more. Mm -hmm. So to get those 10 mean, angry moms on the front row, you at least got to attend the church. Even if they do got a reading program, are you going to walk in and sign your kid up? Mm-hmm. A lot of after school programs, right? A lot of summer programs. I was just talking to my lady friend last night. She has a great program, Black, Bold, and Brilliant. But do you get the parents to get the kids to be committed to the program where they're learning how to read over the summer, when they're learning cultural uh, arts and doing different things, where they're going camping, where they even get paid a stipend to show up? You get paid to show up to a program and she's having a hard time to find at least 10 parents to consistently send their children. Right. And so I know a lot of times we like to blame it internally. But what I will say, it's the culture of the country because we don't look at the idea that they got parents on auto mode. We got this covered and we know this based off of our interactions in the school. It's hard for parents to break down a lot of the things that the schools are sending to them. And you almost have to walk the parents through the curriculum to even tell them tell them the objection of the curriculum. And you know what happens, Tiff, when people don't understand what's first thing they do, they give up Mm -hmm. and you can't get mad at the parents. Because when we went to school, one plus one was two. And we got a caller on the line. Caller, come on in, man. You got to say something good as early in the morning, man. You got to be down for the calls to be calling, talking about this. What's up? Well, I'm just taking the opportunity to comment. I'm a former school teacher, retired. And here's my challenge to all of you. If you look at an average student, they're in school six to eight hours a day. There's 24 hours in a day. Now, I used to tell the students, when you leave here, where do you go? Where do you be? Where are you mentored? Because you got 18 hours. Let's say they sleep eight hours. Now, you got unsupervised children for 10 hours. The school system can't be with them 24-7. So what I'm saying is that the resources that develop that child to utilize the school system, and yes, as a teacher, they change. They don't even teach cursive anymore. Were you all aware of that? They don't teach cursive. Yes, sir. No, they don't do that anymore. So what I'm saying, the school system has a position to take a child only to a certain level. Then the support system for that child kicks in, whether it's athletics, whether it's the church, whether it's your elders, whomever it is, boys and girls club. So they all play a position to nurture that child. And when I would ask my students when they came in, I said, who helped you with your homework last night? Nobody. Oh, I mean, what do you mean nobody? Well, my mother was at work. My older brother was not in the house. So I was left by myself. So what I'm saying is the resources to support that child's total education has to be analyzed, has to be nurtured, and understanding, yes, the school system changes, but the school system changes according what kind of job and what kind of future you're going to have in a technical, competitive society. So I, I admire all of you talking about it, but when you teach in that classroom and you see a child come in there, that there's no resources when they leave my building. That's what bothered me all those years I taught. And I'm African-American from Minnesota. 
I never had a black teacher till I got to college. So the system is what it is. But keep in mind, if you have a 24-hour day, where is that child unsupervised, excuse me, for the other 16 hours that they're not in school? And in the summer, they're not in school for three months. So keep on talking, keep on analyzing, and please, please tell them, as a black teacher born in Minnesota that did not have a black face in my classroom until I got to the University of Minnesota, my support system is the reason I got there. So that's very important. And then also, when you say the black experience, tell me as a black school teacher, what is the black experience? I don't know what that means. Thank you so much for calling. Thank in. you. Calling. Uh, let me interject. I've been real, real solid the last five minutes. Uh, what he said was was really, really heavy. And one of the first things you said was, how do we interrupt this? All right. So first off, everybody's been spot on. Um, what my school tries to do is interrupt what we're talking about. Um, we're one of the few schools that I know of in the Twin Cities anywhere in Minnesota where we had a black head of schools and every grade pre-K through six has a black teacher. We got four black male staff that are actually inside the classroom. Um, he asked what the black experience is. We are not a monolith. I don't know if you can just say one thing and call it the experience, but understanding that there's so many different parts and components to what makes us special um, is, is part of the, the problem that other schools have with us. I know for me, uh, I'm in a, in a school where uh, most of the classrooms have a lead guide and assistant guide. Uh, I know me and Thomas are about the same age. I came up in a school where there was one teacher and 30-plus children. All right, so there, there's a difference. I, I think what Thomas spoke to says a lot. But really, too many of us are not doing our job. It's, it's all falling on one side or the other, and it's broken. Curriculums are going to change, but the basic fundamental thing that it takes to be a good student, haven't. What I take into the classroom with me is intergenerational. It's not just me. I'm representing my mom, I'm representing my mom's dad, and the lessons that my great, my grandfather taught my mom, my mom taught me, I'm teaching the students. And a lot of the basic home training stuff that you learned at home 20, 30 years ago, I'm having to teach that too. And I don't mind it, but we got excess amount of time per subject in a day to get everything in. Um, what he, the caller just mentioned, I've seen several times where I know when I'm giving a scholar homework Mom's not going to be there because mom's at work. Dad's at work. You know, there might be an older sibling. There might not be. So how I interrupt that is if I, first, first things first, let's be real. To reach our children, you have to teach in relationship. You got to build that relationship first. And that's where the, the, all that wild behavior you saw at that school, that, that's, a ta- that's a tale that, hey, these teachers are not taking the time to really get to know their kids. Um, we had a march about our school last weekend. This time last weekend, I was in a parking lot at JJ Legacy at 5140 Fremont because that church kicked us out of our building. And the building was in a deplorable state. We've been trying to find a building for three years. But Minnesota, the, 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 the local, not local schools, but Minneapolis City or public, won't sell the charters. And I realize that charters sometimes have a bad rap. But again, I, I put up what we're doing uh, against anybody. And I want to go back to building relationship. I know all of my students that I taught. I know mom, I know dad, I know grandma, I know aunts, Absolutely. I know uncles, I know cousins. And for a lot of these schools, you can't go visit them. I've always had an open door policy wherever I went, whether it was legal or illegal. At this school, it was encouraged. Where when I first meet a parent that very first day before you get there, open house, I exchange my phone number to you. My, what I tell parents is, if you trust me enough to teach your child, I trust you enough right. for my cell phone number. It's that personal to me. And when so, I, okay. uh, I, I opened up the classroom, I opened up the lunch, and it really helped us this year. I told parents, one, one, one father addressed me, said, man, I feel like you're trying to set me up so I can catch my son doing something bad. I said, no, I'm trying to give you an opportunity to catch your son doing something good. Mm-hmm. So come to lunch. Because what happened was, at first, everybody was kind of weirded out the parents were, but then one, one mom showed up one day. And all the kids were like, wow, so-and-so's mom came. And the mom told me secretly, my son's 11. He's getting to the age where he want to be separated from me. That ain't cool no more. I don't know if, if it's going to work, Mr. O. I said, it'll work. What I didn't count on was how the other kids would be on their best behavior because another parent was in the house yeah, yeah, yeah. and yep. how much they wanted their mom to come. Yep. Right, yep. And I said, look, 
I need that relationship. As much as pedagogy and curriculum is all set, you know your son or daughter better than I ever will. Mm -hmm. So if there's a way to reach your child that I don't know, come into my classroom while I'm teaching my class, sit, and then come talk to me. Come talk to me and tell me. You know what? Mm -hmm. Little Michael don't understand it this way. If you could explain it that way. Back to the original point I was making. When I knew that a child didn't have a strong support system that could really help them, I would take the time out of my schedule in my classroom, the rest of my class to the other league guide, and work with that child. So whatever questions you got, don't wait till 5 o'clock. Mr. O is here right now. Right. Let's go ahead and work some extra problems or, or work on that reading prompt while I'm with you so you can take notes on so when you get home and you by yourself, you can still help. Right. It's going to take some heavy lifting. And I, I feel like as much money is spent on education to do it wrong, with a little more effort and a little more planning, we could do it right. I, I think one of the problems in, in Minnesota particularly, it's just ain't enough of us helping us. And we already got a lack of black teachers just nationwide. Mm -hmm. But Minnesota particularly is not enough of us helping us. It's just not. I want to speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't grow up here, so I had black teachers. You were talking black to Mark, talking to Mike. I had black Mark. teachers and black doctors. Me too. That made a huge <laughs> difference for me because I was able to see myself. Um, I was able to see myself um, in that higher uh, situation uh, or in that type of position, right? Because we always got to make connections towards anything, and we need to see ourselves being um, in that. But I'm going to speak on this because <laughs> what I've noticed about Minnesota is when I'm back here, uh, we we in here, but see, we there's a divide between uh, the gatekeepers and then the others, and so there <laughs> is, oh, you can come sit with us, but not them. That's the click, and so because that's the homies, and we <laughs> we got our click. bag. We're bagging right now. We're leveling up, and you just don't fit this type of structure and I have really seen I've seen people Girl, you almost made my who <laughs> I have seen people <laughs> who are so good for the community but because they are calling out or addressing the yeah. things like okay now we know you pocketing it in this money Rule number one. <laughs> you say and we, anything, I, rule number I, one, yes, you're out. You're out of here. We're we going to walk you out during the day. And so, oh, you know, and God. I had a, Tiff, I had an it. experience, Tiff, but because I already know that I've taught a lot of children mm -hmm. over North Minneapolis. So I'm going to keep that small piece to myself. But you know who you are, and I'm sure you're listening. So I'm just going to touch on a few things that I heard him say. What is the black experience? What I know to be true right now is the black experience as a black teacher, because there's not enough of us here. They're trying to create these incentives and create these programs where they can get more of us here. But then they spread us apart and we are dismantling systems by ourselves, and we are tired. We are exhausted. Most of us don't even like to teach here. When I was sent back here because I was with a charter network um, that ships me around sometimes and I knew that I was coming back here, I just. <sighs> right. Uh, you know, is my thought process, because now I have to deal with, you know, uh, identifying uh, students. Um, Mental health. Mental health, but I have to also identify, you know, I have to be comfortable with what they're interjecting into class now, which is uh, I want you to identify who you are mm -hmm. when that's really not my. We, I must try to speak very light on this because. I honestly don't want to. Address. Your sexuality. Shouldn't have to. And then it's the we're working towards systems that are centered around whiteness. If I go into this meeting and I'm listening and I have to give my feedback, what happens after I give my feedback? Oh, you know, I want to just talk to you about some of the things that you said. Yeah. Let me use my uh, work voice. You know, do you have a minute? 
Mm, I just right. wanna, I want to just be a thought <laughs> Minnesota. And um, Minnesota. some of the things that you said in the meeting. Can you tell me a little bit more? Really, I don't want to. I want you to back up because you heard what I said the first time. Right. I said this system is not supporting our students and it's X, Y, and Z, you know? Right. But I have to keep it professional because I'm operating in whiteness. Right. In other cities, in other states, when we are 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 we are more in demand. Right. We have a collectiveness, a culture collectiveness, because we are thinking about what do we need to do for this community? Right. Now, we know that mom works. How can we get grandma in here? Right. In any city, I've had 100 percent um, parent teacher conference and parent involvement because you was going to know. What well, Mr. Kill was doing in class, you was not going to be like, well, I just want to talk to you because I feel like in the front office. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. I'm calling. I'm doing home visits. I come to birthday parties. Where y'all at? I'm pulling up and I want to play. So where y'all barbecuing at? Even over the summer, you see me at <laughs> Thank Walmart. You, Thank you know, you. Um, it, real quick, one of my students just graduated. Um, first group of kids, I had 12 students over at LoveWorks. And um, I love that school. Shout out to Miss Harrison. And um, not not new. Love works. Oh, love works. And so um, I wanted to make that very clear. And um, my student this year got the Heisman Award. Her mom came back one year and said, Mr. Kill, I'm going to pull her out. Where should I take her? I said, what I know to be true right now is B.C. That baby went to B.C., got all the support she needed and got the Heisman Award, full scholarship to Spelman. And they asked me to come back to her graduation party to talk. And I'm like, I'm just one person, you know. But the impact that I had on her and and when she graduates from um, Spelman, I'm going to go down there to make sure she does it. And all of my children, except for one, has scholarships and they have um, full rides, graduated and most of them have been on tv for like little things that they have done but culturally we have to have systems that make sense and everyone at this table who's given a perspective has been absolutely right but what i see or i know to be true is adding going that additional you know just trying to give a little bit more because it's like i know that parents don't know certain things but how can we help them have a parent meeting no 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 sis i need you to sign off on right. that miss katie uh-uh, <laughs> and i'm gonna need you to sign that because when we come back to that yeah and yeah, you, you say know, well that you you're aware of it and that was the thing i wanted to talk about that the little secret when i was visiting in that school i would leave here for lunch go there for a whole hour they would always be like do you got your phone they will make sure like I will be sitting there observing everything because i'm like i'm looking around like how can they learn learn even one plus one when it's like so crazy and i see they grabbing two black kids got them in the, the whatever that little psych hole is and it, and i'm looking at the teacher and i'm like it's 11 kids they got four assistants in there for 11 kids okay and they have no idea them kids is running them raggedy they like sit down we're gonna do the abc's and i'm talking let's go back to kindergarten first grade we ain't talking about sixth and seventh grade and all that and i'm like they were so focused on making sure that i didn't have a camera was recording the I almost said a, a cuss word, <laughs> uckery. Don't do it, That Ms. was Tiff. going on up in there. Besides <laughs> saying, like, okay, so Tiffany, can you go and get four volunteers? Because I was like, I got some women because I, you know who our people is. I was like, okay, I can get one One of my girlfriends. Girl, can you come up here? They doing our kids like this. Can you come for an hour a week? Oh, well, here's the form. They got to fill it out. And I get that, the background checks and stuff. I'm like, that's fine. But they never came up with this this uh schedule after I got like five of my girls to go and read for an hour, nobody ever heard back from them. You could never get in contact with the head teacher or nothing. But y'all got four people in here, you know. What's it? That, so y'all give them a call, a call 612-377. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> 612-377-3456. But it was, it was just crazy. It's like a secret. I'm telling you, when you go in. Okay, this is what I'm saying while we on air. If you have a child in any school in Minneapolis, do a pop up. Yeah, you need to be absolutely. There. Do, a, do a pop up. Please don't do a pop up to say it's, it's a secret society going yes. on in these schools, baby. Let, they may call you for the other stuff, but they're not calling you for the yeah. other stuff. Okay, and, let me, and, and volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Let, me, let me say this real quick. I want to say I appreciate y'all. I appreciate black teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate what you bring to the table. How you care about black children. Um, everything. One of my favorite teachers I had in school, and this kind of off the subject, but still off school, um, was Miss Watts. 
um, she was my business teacher. She taught us how to type. That's when they had typing class. And something she used to always tell us is make sure your children can read. Mm -hmm. And we was seventh grade, Mm -hmm. seventh grade. I went back home because I'm from Michigan. Um, I went back home and I see her in a store and I still felt like I was a kid again. You know how you see a teacher in the store? Mm-hmm. And the first thing she asked me was, can your children read? Mm-hmm. Right. And she told me that back in seventh grade, this was like 20 years out of school. And I looked at her like, yeah, my kids can read. She said, you don't know how powerful that statement is. I asked you. And I never understood that until as my kids got older, uh, my daughter went to school in St. Paul and, um, I make sure my kids can read because I'm a reader. So if we have something right here and somebody read out loud and raise my hand, I'm a reader. So I make sure my children can read. And she comes home from school and she was like, Ma, it's four black kids in my class and one of the girls cannot read. And I was so embarrassed for her. Mm-hmm. Hey, so Latoya said as an adjunct in higher education, so many of our kids were just pushed through and they couldn't read or write a paragraph in college. It was draining having to go back and teach what they should have gotten before college. And let me tell y'all something, I, and not this not to disrespect anybody. If you ever walked in my classroom, you could hear a pin drop. I don't, and listen, I ain't have no formal training, but the first thing that we taught in, our, in my classroom that I employ other teachers to teach is social skills. If your children don't know how to socialize and they don't even understand what they're doing in the classroom, you can't teach it. And my pushback to administrators all the time was the first two weeks, we're teaching social skills. Don't ask about a curriculum. Mm-hmm. In my classroom, I, I, we're not even starting the conversation <laughs> of curriculum until we learn how to sit amongst each other and be able to, to communicate. Yeah. Because if the children don't learn how to communicate, mm-hmm. you take for granted that they learn these things at home. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Second thing. Why are you teaching to the grade? I've always stated that if you are in my kindergarten classroom, I'm teaching you for second grade. If you're in my second grade classroom, I'm teaching you for fourth grade. The school that we went to, Mm -hmm. those scholars had a hard time reading before I got there. Once I got there, everybody was reading above level. Why? I challenged them. And what did I pick on? All boys class, competition. It is. And they had to learn the who, what, where, why, and wins. Mm. And we competed. Math is an issue? Cool. Let me create a game. We got math wars. Mm. Now I create math wars, and these boys are trying to learn how to compete (laughs) to be on top. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Next phase. Let's talk about Nikola Tesla. Now they're at school. This ain't even a part of the curriculum. These are things I'm just walking in like today. This is what we're going to talk about in science. Yeah, this is the curriculum bit, but I'm going to go above and beyond what's in the curriculum. And we're going to learn about scientists. Let's talk about a, a ple- you know, a plethora of different things. The kids start using YouTube and other things. And now they're coming back talking to me first yep. thing in the morning about Nikola Tesla. They're talking to me about, uh, you know, black inventors. They're talking to me about black, uh, you know, uh, civil rights leaders. Why? That's not a part of the curriculum, but that's part of the discussion to be in the classroom. So what I implore to educators, and I always say this because educators, the thing is you can't get punked by what's happening in the principal's office. You can't get punked that's by right. even the parents. And one last point, parents. This is the only thing that I've always said in my classroom. If I got your child, as O said, and you trust me with your child, it's a partnership. It is. See, I have to be able to communicate with you. You have to be able to communicate with me. Absolutely. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I used to go home and tell my ex, like, I got 27 baby mamas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to tell her, I got 27 baby mamas, man. Listen, they will hit me up like, yo, this, yeah, he out here tripping today. Right. Mr. Barry, hey, hey, get, get him in line. And, and 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 people don't understand, and that's why I'm glad you said about pulling up at the barbecue. And this dude right here, let me let me let me tell you about my guy here. This dude right here, kids love him. They love him, and a lot of the schools where he worked at, they really didn't appreciate what he brought to the table. And I'm gonna tell y'all, 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 we talk about a lot of stuff, but man, Tiff, as a black male, you can touch on this. It's like working on reality TV in these schools. And that's why she said they don't want to they no, don't no, talk no, no, about No, 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 no. reality. I, when I say reality, <laughs> I'm talking about love and hip-hop. But, that, but that's the thing. They don't want to be exposed. Like I said, the first thing for me, 
I wanted to do like that uh, Fox 9 investigation. I said, don't know. <laughs> no, and I, I'm real. Tim. And Shit. I was. I was going to get all this footage. I used to be in there. That's why they always ask me if I had the phone because I was <laughs> doing the footage at first and then somehow somebody, they were so focused oh, on Oh, so that. you did have the footage. I did. Wait, I know. <laughs> I had the phone. But if they were so focused on, like I'm looking at the kids' behavior instead of, Mm-hmm. you know controlling that situation they were trying to control me to make sure I don't let Absolutely. that situation get, get to because I was going yeah. you know because that's what I was going to do like hey somebody <laughs> Red Chapman somebody y'all is <laughs> and I couldn't believe it because I, I'm new like you said right. this clickish, whatever I'm new to the group and yeah. it's 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 kind of funny because I'm looking around and everybody like man we got nobody's this a movement right here These, this Listen. is kindergarten I don't give a D about your program for the 15-year-olds, 18-year-olds, kindergarten. I had, let me tell you why I'm so passionate about it because I looked, I'm, I'm a domestic violence survivor, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this little boy. Mm-hmm. I think it was first grade kindergarten. No, I'm, I'm, it was just because it wasn't, because I, I ripped her out of that school quickly. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if my As mama stayed at the corner. We going to transport this baby. Yeah. It was my, it was my granddaughter. Yeah. But, um, and I'm looking at this little boy walking around the class and, you know, bullying all the kids and he mm-hmm. got his little, Little boy, right. you know, so I'm looking at him and I'm like, he and just the way he addressed women, I mean, little girls, yeah. how he was snatched up, he was rude, he was, and I just looked at him. So every time I'm going down this little break, checking him out, one day I popped up and they thought I was coming at this other time. I went on my break a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. My grandbaby in the corner crying because I was like, no, wait, let me go back before I say that because I was like, somehow he he's seen abuse or he's in a, he's gonna be an abuser if nobody jumps in right now mm-hmm. and say, hey, it's not okay to hit girls because I see him go hit every girl, not no boy, but he'll go around the class snatching stuff like he was just a little. I'm looking at him like this little. If I had him at home, I would hurt him, you know. <laughs> and so, but anyway, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But he needed a whooping, period, or some discipline, something. So that's my opinion. And so when I went to, um, I came and popped up on the school, my my granddaughter in the corner crying. I mean, like, Aww. holding her stomach. And I'm like, what's wrong? So I'm asking the teachers because they all looking crazy. Like, how you get here? And they didn't know I was going to see this. Mm-hmm. And they was like, wait, well, she was trying to open up the box to get the, the blocks. And he kicked her in her stomach. Whoa. Yep. Hey, you and you know what? And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, you know, and that was to set it off right there. Like, sh- you know. It should have because that means that she's. Uh, so now she's a victim. She's developing, you know, a, um, like, the teacher is developing classroom culture and they're missing components where they can be safe. And why is he in there with mental health issues? That's another thing. Why is it the kids that got mental health issues in there with kids that's functioning all about the money like you too busy like i'm saying y'all i'm telling y'all y'all the educators how could you they couldn't even sit down to learn or read a book yeah. because they're controlling like eight of the kids out of the 11 mm-hmm. that's running around you try to separate and the parents know, are gonna be on your neck can i, can uh, I jump oh, absolutely. in absolutely and, and yeah. just can i sneak in on this because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just sitting in and for those that are listening i'm in another room separate from the room with a glass in between us <laughs> And and I'm just sitting here listening to everything that everybody done said. And every last one of y'all are correct in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But then we got to figure out what do we do about this situation that's in front of us. Because we know that systematically systems are set sometime for some of us to fail. Right. And then we fall into that system and apply to it. But then we got to make some changes within that system. How do we make them changes? And this is for another show. But no, I'm, but it was I'm, actually but for this show. Yeah, I'm, no, it's I mean, for no, this show, but I'm talking question. about extended mm-hmm. because because the clock time is rolling. No. But it, but 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 I'm, what I'm saying is 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 we got to reach in and scratch deep down in and mm-hmm. dig up the dirt of that foundation of what's in front of us. Because even when the caller called in and I knew who he was, and he is one of those that is a mentor of mine mm-hmm. when it comes to somebody that I still right now today at the age of 64 have respect for him and a lot of other people that, that, that I grew up around when it comes to the community aspect of it. Not just because he's an educator, but because he was community. And there was a lot of that back in the day. Right. And a lot of times some people get offended because you say back in the day. But then when you talked about one of the schools where not the new current, but the old current, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what and what it stood for, because we got to start calling it what it is. And I keep always saying that <laughs> and and quit sneaking around it. And I, that's all I had to say. I mean, I got a whole lot more. But, but, but okay, I, 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 and, I, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation, because the, I know we talked about all the scenarios and that was like, OK, so now we're going we're going to take out the parents. We're going to take out who 
as a community number one what we can do what could mm-hmm. the grandmothers do what could the people that's not like in the in, you know right there right. um with the kids what could they offer outside of to make sure that they you know have a we as a child i was an avid reader um we one thing i see that we can like incorporate is more reading programs in the summertime where they actually are going mm-hmm. on field trips Checklist. and actually like you know doing fun activities like dioramas like and that's just something simple where you uh read a book and you take a um s- scene out of the book and you build like a diorama so you build the scene oh. in like a shoebox and i i can't oh we used sh- to do that yes and so those day. are fun things okay, that yeah. culturally uh we know that Very we are ingrained with artistic capabilities because we're innovative we are uh, majestic we are all these wonderful things and so we have to pull those things out of students in efforts for them to engage into learning and so Having those types of programs in the community that are actually doing the work that they say that they are going to do in community um, spaces where students have access to getting to them. And then also, too, where they're actually um, have a program like a scope and sequence on how they're going to do things and what that's going to look like for parents who um, if we are taking them out just for a little bit, we have to have more programs that make sense. Yes. um, Having the. What is it? Big. Boys and Girls Club is okay, but what are some other structured things that students could be doing? I was also in part of Science Club, and so in the summertime, I learned how to make explosive, like like fun little things, you know, like what Coca-Cola and uh, Mentos, things like that. So we have to have programs that pique our students' interest. We know that they have iPads. We know that they have smartphones. Okay, well, how can we be just as creative if we take certain components away? And what happened to Book It, where students read all those books and then they, they go free to pizza. a free pizza. Mm-hmm. Like oh, they I still got it. I used to have a whole bunch. Well, every school is, isn't participating that. in that. And so if we had that more, we can – programs like that would help us to increase um, students' knowledge. But you, you know? got to understand, like, it's a cultural thing. It is. Education is about cultural. Right now, the culture is content creator on Instagram. It's only fans page. It's not things where you have to read or write. Can you recite in front of a camera? Part of the problem is if the dollars were more focused on innovation, innovative ideas, yeah. then they would put more into education. The, the, the main issue to change it, to answer Q's thing, is that once we start running our own particular schools, we have to go back to what we know. Mm-hmm. On the plantations, they did not allow us to read. Every scholar walking through our school should know how to read. At that point, you pull the parents in if the children are behind on reading. And then you walk through other programs. We got NIDCAD. We have a lot of other programs. And, and shout out to Giovanni and them, them brothers and sisters over there at NIDCAD. You go through that program, man, your scholars going to come out reading at a college level almost. They are thorough in what they do. Every child should own 10 books, mm-hmm. not 10 iPhones, 10 books. You don't need to give your kids smartphones. Why? The people who create the phones don't even allow their children to use the phones. So if they're not allowing their children to use the phones, why are you giving it to yours as a tool to occupy them? Lastly, puzzles, books, things that we grew up with seeing on the coffee table inside of our homes. Kids need those are cheap things. You can go to dollar stores. You can get coloring books. Kids should learn how to be patient. We always talk about ADHD and I always say the reason why kids have ADHD is because the behavior aspect at home. Nobody is telling a child sit in this spot, whether I'm watching the news, I'm watching TV, whatever you sit down, you color right here. When a child learns how to calm their body, they can receive whatever comes their way but we have to teach our children how to calm their body and to know when they're antsy like when a kid got to get up and got to move around the kid got to be able to raise their hand and say i gotta go mm-hmm. lastly we can do this in 10 years if we made this a target of ours as a people absolutely the main issue is collective mm-hmm. what is the collective thing because when you kind of talked about the hierarchy but you really didn't go into it mm-hmm. the problem is the haves versus the have-nots the haves, their children can read. 
they can run schools and they won't even put their kids in the schools that they're running. That they're working at. They're teaching in schools and won't put their kids in the schools that they're right. teaching at. <laughs> and so you have to ask yourself, if a person has a child, they won't put their child in the school that they're teaching, working, or running, mm-hmm. what's wrong with that school? The other aspect of it is, what is the curriculum like? Who's paying them to put the curriculum in? Mm-hmm. Because there's <laughs> money behind this. Yep. Lastly, lastly, because it's very important. We have to also look at the aspect a lot of our children in the Twin Cities are targeted by child protection services because of the schools. The schools are calling CPS, getting children removed from the homes a lot faster than anybody else outside of relatives calling. The schools are calling basically because the white, the the Miss Whites of the world Mm -hmm. who don't have relations with black mothers Mm -hmm. who don't understand. They call child protection services on the parents. So when uh, when a grandmother like you show up Mm -hmm. and they're watching what you're doing. What they'll find out is to find a reason to have conflict with the mom. Mm-hmm. And so now the mom, they start targeting the parents and started calling child protection services on the parents. So there's a lot of layers mm-hmm. to this. And we got to do a part two. I, 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 let's get Absolutely. Mr. O in there because I because, right. oh, man, listen, you got to learn how to for one. You got to talk I, I more. You got to yeah. talk. And Dr. O, I was going to ask you a question, too, and because we, we were sitting down watching TV the other day. We think like, do y'all think kids are on even are going to even be going to school in five years, five Ooh. to ten years. Yeah. I, I think they will. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it going to be important or these kids, because they pretty much That's figuring out they, they, like, they life. I was like, is it going to be a requirement? What what Thomas just said was a big deal. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm really here for a dire situation. We we got a building for our new school for JJ Legacy, but all our stuff inside our school is still there. Oh wow! So we really need the community support to help us get our time extended mm-hmm. because they told us. All right, so let me be brief. I don't know how much time we got left. We got five minutes, five brother. Minutes. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna go fast. Well, <laughs> our school situation was deplorable before we became JJ Legacy. It was formerly Brightwater Montessori. Uh, the parents at their school, that, that our school's house, made promises to fix our school. I want you to understand mm-hmm. that with a staff of about 30 and, and, and kids numbered about 180, mm-hmm. we were down to one bathroom by the end of the school year this year. No, thank you. We were down to but one see, restroom uh, could, because could they, wouldn't, they, 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 would, they wouldn't fix what they promised they fix. I got pictures. We, have, we talked to the media. Um, that be making me, and you, know, that's, that, you know, that make me think like that. That's why, I, and I don't, think it's a personal thing but it's like that's how we be like well why is always when it's about our children it's so dysfunctional like not having a bathroom or not having a place to be st- stable at you know i, 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 I really you know. feel this if we weren't all black and black led and black everything right. then it probably wouldn't be it wouldn't be like that at but, all but i I, re- I i was told when i first got there hey, look we're probably gonna be under attack for what we're trying to do I'm, I'm not saying that my school is the greatest thing ever, but a lot of the problems and the issues that all the other schools that you said are facing, we have done our best to interrupt that. We're interrupting that because of that black staff, because of that understanding. I have done everything from coach football to coach basketball to give my kids a place mm-hmm. to go when school was over. Mm-hmm. I've taken money out of my own pocket, time out of my own day to keep it going. Uh, Tyler, there, there's been days when Thomas has been my sounding board like, oh, sit down. You cannot save the north side by yourself. Right. But I love my school that much. I love my students that much. You believe in them. Um, I I really believe in them. I've been blessed enough to see so many kids that I taught in eighth grade or seventh grade or Mm sixth or kindergarten go achieve great things and then come back. A lot of the kids that marched with us last Sunday at at, at JJ Legacy Mm -hmm. were kids that graduated from my class three years ago. So what were you guys marching for? We were marching because we got illegally kicked out of our building by the parish and then they told us that they would give us enough time Mm -hmm. to get our stuff out they gave us three days to move the entire school wow so i'm talking about curriculum books uh uh, tables chairs you name it oh that's disheartening so (laughs) so right now what we really need and i'm I'm gonna give out this information right quick um is is for families And, and parents and, and community members to reach out um, and contact the Archbishop Hebda Paula um, Camper, uh, Reverend Charles Lackowitzer, and OLV Parish at the Archdiocese. Are those? Are those um, you know what? I, I'll just give okay. the website. The website is. <laughs> Who would I wouldn't even know? I know. <laughs> Hello at archspm.org or Archbishop at arch spm.org and, and let them know we need more time because they they gave us more time but now that time is this thursday or how about or how about 
trying to reach out to the community, come help y'all get Mama. the stuff out of there. Mm-hmm. We're, we're with that, that too. I mean, we, you know? we we will take whatever we can yeah. get to help our kids. Yeah, let's get out there, man. And and, and I'm down, man. Yeah, Just I'm down too. Let me know. You, you know, I'll come help. But but yeah, I definitely come down to help. But this is very important because I'll I'll be real. Our kids don't vote, and so the people don't necessarily take our children serious. But we have to take our children's education that's serious. And that's the one thing I will give our elders. And I'm talking about our grandparents and great-grandparents. They knew that they couldn't read at a certain level. A lot of them stopped going to school at sixth grade. But it wasn't like they weren't pushing us forward. Today, you got people who maybe they did graduate high school, but they ain't really, like, like really invested in their kids' education as much. And so I do get what Tamika was talking about on the parent side of it. But I will say that a lot of it is just culturally, man. Like, yo, people don't really invest in these kids the way that they're supposed to. And That's tip, a fact. We clap a lot of people who get money for doing stuff for kids and they ain't got these kids so let's get the money where the money's supposed to go and park board get y'all behinds on it and bring youth line back so these teenagers could have something to do besides stealing cars say that again and then make sure you guys go to our website though for the number four opinions uh Mr. O, we would love for you to put that information, send it to me, and then I'll put it on our website. We are going to be looking for people to come out and help move. To help yes, ma'am. Right. I appreciate it. Okay? Tell them they better bring some thank food. Thank you. Tanisha, we need some chicken. Thank you guys for coming. Oh, thank you, Tanisha, for having us. Tanisha, I want my chicken. I hope this helps everyone. Thank you. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, Thank you, You've been listening to Four Opinions. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or board of directors of KMOJ.